Okay, like I said, this is the follow-up video uh, from a video that I made on YouTube on uh, on the repair on on the collision repair side of business. And basically, this applies to uh, it's it's pretty interesting because the the things that I'm going to share with you uh, really apply to a lot of different businesses. And so, basic basic business like has the same formula, and it's pretty interesting because. If this is kind of like I'm going to share the framework of what what we do, but a, a lot of companies they they operate on the, on a similar framework, and uh, and and the reason why I've that I know this is because I've studied a lot of different businesses with a lot of different industries, and they all kind of have the same uh, you know structure of how they how they do business, and it it really applies to to the, some of the stuff that we do currently and. And uh, from it's pretty interesting because um, I've studied a bunch of different businesses and a lot of them, like, like I said, they, they have the same kind of framework and uh, it's, it's pretty much the same thing. So I'm going to share some of our framework because I had a lot of customers, not customers, but people on uh, on our YouTube channel reach out to me and they're saying, hey, uh, uh, can, can you share some more information on, on the on the process? and other, other things of how you run the business, right? And so I was like, sure, I'll do that. So this is what that video is for. Let me see if I can get some good lighting right here. Okay, so let's get started. So, so a little bit about, about Certified Collision Works, right? Is uh, I, got into the, I, I got into the automotive industry when I was 16 years old and I had, I had twin boys. And so I was kind of forced into, into making a decision uh, well, I didn't really have I didn't really have much decisions on on what career path I can I can take. So basically, what I did was I just kind of was searching for whatever was available, and uh, I stumbled into the auto body industry. And the the reason why the reason why how I did that was I started off in the service department at the Cadillac dealership, and um, and what happened was really the 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 bad habits that I had the the ignorance that i that i had all that stuff carried into my into my workplace so for example like i was really bad in school as far as behavior and always getting in trouble and right when i got into the workforce that same those same things like just carried over into the workplace and so uh i ended up uh, getting fired at a lot of places i ended up uh, not showing up uh, and so so basically what happened was I was in the position of about to get fired and my boss called me and he's like, Hey, this is probably going to be your last week uh, of working here. Uh, things are not working out. And so, you know, during that week uh, I went to the body shop and at our same dealership and I asked if I can get a transfer and uh, they, 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 they allowed me to get a transfer into the body shop. And so, I went into the body shop industry with no experience. Uh, I told the, 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 the manager there that I had experience in detailing and buffing. And so that's the only reason why he gave me the opportunity. But, but uh, right when I got into that industry, I just kind of grabbed it. I, I just kind of stayed with it. And uh, I just worked a lot of hours and I just learned and learned and asked questions and learned. And eventually I just started to learn more of the industry. I learned a lot of the, I learned a lot of the technical side of it really quick. But uh, I didn't really have any guidance on the on the business side of it. Uh, if you hear if you hear like my uh, 
my 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 computer dinging. I apologize for that. It, it's sending my my messages, but uh, but so yeah, so like I, I understood the technical side of it. I I got that part down perfectly, but um, I started to want to learn the business side of it, and early on, uh, I got a lot of bad. Looking back, I got a lot of bad, um, just kind of a lot of a, a lot of bad. Um, what do you say? Um, information from uh, people that that weren't really that good in and in, uh, in running business. So, so I'm going to get into to some of the stuff that I've learned and what's transformed our business. And currently, so, so currently we have, uh, you know, it's a it's an 8,500 square feet uh, warehouse. Uh, we occupy uh, 7,000 7, of it and we rent out the other side. So that side helps us pay for whatever expenses we have on the building side of it. And so we, our building is actually producing money for us on top of uh, owner occupying half of it. So now we're, we're producing out of that other half of it as well. So it's kind of like double, it's kind of like two businesses in one that we created. And so on top of that is we've been able to build a, a real estate, I would say it's the beginning of an empire on, on residential and commercial properties. And on top of that, we've branched into a bunch of different industries as far as uh, training and uh, online, uh, an online community that we've been part of. Uh, and I've been been fortunate enough to be part of some big magazine companies uh, on the, on their actually board of directors uh, on helping them direct the, the the decision of those magazines and stuff. So that's been pretty interesting. But uh, let's get started here. I'll get started. So I'm just going to go right into it. So this is kind of this is kind of uh, some of the stuff that that goes into. I don't know if I if my things in the way here, but so this is kind of some of the stuff that a lot of businesses. This is like the framework right here, and so basically what this is, it's it's a start from finish process. That's what it is. It's a it's a it's a start. Okay, is this gonna work? I really don't. Let me see. Maybe it's up here. Okay, here it is. Nice. I don't know why this this thing is acting up. Someone would like to control your access function. Okay. Let's see if it. <laughs> so I, I don't know why is it's it's this thing's kind of changed my. I'm trying to I'm trying to do the I'll have to do the arrow here right there. That's good. Okay, good. Okay, we're gonna start with we're gonna start with uh, appointments and drop off process. So this this is a this is our process for the 
for the auto the auto industry and so but like i said this process kind of applies to a lot of different industries right for example like if you're gonna if you're in a uh any kind of appointments how, how are you setting your appointments how are, how are you doing those appointments and uh drop off process right so in our industry and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of just share, I'm going to kind of jump back and forth, but I'm just going to share basically on, on our industry, because like I said, this is a follow-up video uh, from the how to start an auto repair shop. And I kind of gave a bunch of stuff on how to start the auto repair shop, but then once you started, then what, right? So that's what they want to know. After you started, then what happens? What do you, should, should we do next? So it's going to start by, you know, figuring out your appointments and the drop-off process. How are you going to, how are you going to structure that? appointment and drop-off process. For us, we have several different ways that we do it. And a lot of times we experiment with a lot of things and see what, what works, right? For example, like uh, if someone calls in, um, if someone calls in uh, wanting information on how to get there, I mean, they have a claim or they want like an estimate or they're looking for some kind of work to be done. I always, I always call them back right away. And I always start to ask like really, they're called like probing questions, but they're really just to kind of figure out exactly what their situation is or actually what they're what they're trying to accomplish. And, and one of the best questions that I've asked is like, what are you trying to do? Like, I'll, I'll get them on the phone. And I'll be like, OK, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to do right now? Right. And and a lot of times we'll, they'll be straightforward. They're like, you know what? I'm trying to find somewhere just to drop it off because I'm off today and I need to go to work. Or they're saying, well, I'm trying to get several different estimates because um, the other person didn't have insurance and I'm trying to figure out how much is going to be out of pocket. Or they'll say um, uh, the insurance company is, wants me to get several different estimates so I can determine, so they can just figure out what they're going to do. Or they'll say, well, this commercial truck hit me and they're wanting. Uh, and so basically by asking that question, I get right to, to kind of the problem that they're trying to solve. And so I can get right to that problem and say, okay, this is what you're trying to do. This is what we need to do. And so I kind of already say, this is what we need to do to kind of solve that problem to get you from point A to point B. And so um, I'll, I'll answer any other questions and then I'll try to set them up. I usually set my appointments on the same day. I mean, on the same time. So no matter what, what's going on that day, I know at this time I have a drop off. I know at this time, like, someone's coming or my staff knows, Hey, you know what, if someone comes at this time, that's usually a, a, a drop off. Right. And so that's kind of the first part of it. The second part is the estimate process. So usually when there's um, an insurance involved, they usually have an estimate. So whenever a, a vehicle gets dropped off, you want to get a copy of that estimate from the insurance company or if the customer has it, they, usually the customer, they might have an email of it. They can forward that, forward that email to you. Uh, so you have a copy of that estimate. So you can kind of understand um, what the insurance kind of already, you know, wrote. And then you can figure out what you got to do next. And so we'll go in, into the authorization. So we just finished the estimate process. Uh, and so right now they dropped off the vehicle, okay? They, they got a copy, you got a copy of their estimate, okay? The, this is gonna be an important step right here, the authorization form process. And so an authorization form process is gonna be very, very important because a lot of shops, you know, 
what they'll do is, is, is they'll have a customer drop off the vehicle and then uh, they, they skip a lot of this stuff right here. And this stuff will, will, will cost you down the road. The, these are the these are probably going to be the most important steps. The one, this one, one, two, three, four, five, six, will probably be the most important steps. And if you if you don't pay attention to these steps, you'll you'll be you'll be losing a lot of money. You'll be losing a lot of money throughout the year. And so the authorization process basically is um, is really like a legal form stating that they're authorizing for you to do the repairs on the car. And you also want to have you know. Uh, just something protecting you as far as like any personal items or uh, damage to the vehicle. Just you want to make sure that both sides are protected and, you, and you're kind of looking out for, for, um, for everybody because, you know, without an authorization, there could be a lot of miscommunication because, uh, you know, you fix something and they're like, well, I didn't know you were going to fix that. And so then it's like he said, she said, and it's, uh, it, it can get very messy and you can lose a lot of money. Earlier in my and and when I first started, I wasn't doing any authorizations. It was just kind of you know word of mouth and like handshake and like okay we'll do it, and um, and a lot of times you know when on on some jobs you know customers like well you know I don't feel that I should have to pay you or the the husband will agree to something and the wife won't agree or the the husband the wife will agree and the husband will be like well I didn't agree to that maybe she did but I didn't. And so then you're kind of stuck because you don't have an authorization form or nothing stating that they gave you permission to start their, to work on their vehicle. So uh, that's going to be very important. And if you have, if you have any questions about this, I can help you just send me a message. I can help you with the authorization form. Uh, the check-in process is also going to be very important. What the check-in process does is it, it uh, you have to document the vehicle as it comes in. So you want to take all the photos of the the vehicle inside, outside, uh, any damage that you see on there. Uh, this is going to be very important too, especially like right when they drop it off, you want to do it, you want to check it in uh, within a couple of hours and you want to document everything that's in the car. Like it, like take pictures of the speedometer, the mileage, the gas, uh, the radio settings, the the cup holder, like any personal items that are in there, just take photos of it, right? Because uh, a lot of times, I mean, we've had this case where, you know, customers will call back a couple of days there and they're like, hey, uh, do you know if uh, my daughter left their iPad in there or something? And, uh, you know, we're like, oh, I don't know, you can come by and check. And then they come by, it's not there. They're like, oh, well, you sure y'all didn't get it? And then so it, it's like a, a bunch of miscommunication and you never know, they like, might have lost it. And so what we do is we, we go back to the photo and be like, look, this, when you dropped it off, this is what was in the vehicle. We just took photos of, of when you dropped it off, the exact location, they park it in a spot. We do it right there, take the photo, say, look, when you dropped it off, this is all that was in the vehicle. You know, this is what we documented. Uh, also, too, a check-in process, too, is very important whenever the vehicle gets towed in, especially if the vehicle has been at, uh, at several different uh uh, storage yard because see those vehicles go from different storage yards sometimes they might go from the from a tow yard to the insurance storage and um, and so you want to make sure you document it when you get it to say hey when I got it this will this is what the condition it was in because we've had that case where a vehicle uh, got towed in and it was in the storage yard for months and they left the hazard lights on and the battery was completely dead 
And so when we got it, it was, it was dead. It didn't want to start. So we had to document that and say, hey, to the customer, hey, you know what? We got the vehicle. The battery was no good. And so it needs a new battery. Uh, the insurance details, whenever you're checking in a vehicle, you want to make sure that you have all the correct insurance information. You want to make sure that, um, that there, there is an estimate for it. You want to make sure that there, um, what insurance it is. Because this is gonna this is gonna determine how you're gonna move forward with that job. Because there's some insurance companies that uh, that take a long time, and there's some that move kind of quick, and there's some that, that that are gonna give you a hard time. And when you start to work with different companies, you'll start to know which ones that are gonna be easy to work with, or which ones that are gonna be harder to work with. And that's something that I share. Right, whenever you're dealing with a claim, you gotta say, okay, well, how much you know energy is this gonna cost me? Financial energy, financial money. Uh, emotional energy and uh you know stress and all that stuff that all all that stuff time money and emotional energy you want to make sure you focus on those things uh let me move this over here Mike, if you have any questions, I mean, I know that you're in a different industry, but if you have any questions, uh, and and like I said, this this framework really applies to a lot of different industries. If you think about it, like it, it applies to a lot of different industries. Uh, maybe it might not have so many, maybe it might have less, but it all has it all has you know kind of the same framework. Uh, so blueprinting, what blueprinting is is whenever you have a, you get this estimate see this is something that a lot of shops uh, fail to do and by failing to do this that they're leaving a lot of a uh, lot of opportunity on the table because um they're not taking the time to really dissect investigate uh the, the way i like to describe this is like when i whenever i, I describe blueprinting i i the best way to describe it is like uh like a crime scene you know how whenever there's a crime scene, what they do is they'll mask off the area. I mean, they'll tape off the area. They 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 spread every like for example, like the the best way to describe a a, a blueprint is like whenever they have you ever seen when they do like um when an airplane crashes, an airplane crashes. When an airplane crashes, what they do is they get all the parts, they scatter them all out, and they start to document everything. And so that's basically what blueprinting is for for a vehicle. We do that same process. With a vehicle, we break everything down and we go through everything and we figure out what exactly is damaged and what needs to be replaced, and and we add it to the estimate. So a lot of times, this estimate right here might be you know two thousand or three thousand. After we do our blueprint, it might be up to five thousand or six thousand because so many things that they missed. Um, so for example, like let's just say let's use a, an airplane as an example, right? So an airplane crashes, and they're saying okay. What do we need? What do we need to to? The insurance will say, "What do we need to rebuild that 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 uh, airplane?" Right, and so they're gonna go with like the the big stuff first. They're gonna be okay. We need uh, we need the 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 outer shell of that the airplane. We need the motors. We need uh, the seats. Uh, we need uh, the seat belts or whatever. Right, they're gonna use like the kind of like the main main stuff. And so what a blueprint does, it says, okay, but you put all the main stuff, but there's a lot of smaller stuff that we need too. We're gonna to need all the rivets 
to hold the seats in. We're going to need all the rivets to hold the, the helicopter, I mean, the airplane together. We're going to need, uh, you know, we're going to need to put the, the new tires on the, on, the, on the landing gears. And not only are we going to have to put the tires, but we're going to have to buy the rims and we have to get those rims uh, mounted. And so all those extra fees, that's what blueprinting is. You make sure that you get all those extra fees on the estimate so that you don't have no delays moving forward. And so once you, once you finish all the blueprinting, then, then that, you send that for the supplement process. And so this is going to be an also a very important you know, area because you're going, to send, you're, going to rec, you're going to recommend all the repairs that are needed. And remember, you're going to send it to someone that's, that's, that's not very, uh, I mean, I'm not sure how knowledgeable they are, but they're more knowledgeable on the on the number side of it versus the, the technical side of it. So uh, they're going to try to cut your estimate down. They're going to try to say, well, you know what? Uh, those rivets that you needed, they're $5 each, but we found a place in Canada that can get them for $3 each. And so they're going to try to, they're going to try to save money on every area they can. And so your job is to say, okay, well, when they come back and say, well, you know what? Uh, this place has them for $2 less or $1,000 less or $100 less, you want to make sure you call uh, and, and verify that that's accurate because a lot of times that's not accurate or a lot of times they're out of stock. So whenever you get the blue, whenever you get the, the, the supplement back from the insurance company, uh, you're going to make sure that you verify all that stuff is true because a lot of shops, what they'll do is they'll get the supplement back and then they go right into the repair process. And then once they're in the repair process, they realize there's a bunch of price differences and then they end up losing a lot of money. So uh, after, you, after you verify all your prices and you get everything, uh, you feel comfortable moving forward, you're, you're not gonna be able to get everything at, the, at, this, at this stage because a lot of stuff, uh, it, there's gonna be probably another supplement down the road, but it's not gonna be to the point where it's going to stop you from 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 moving forward with the job there might be some price differences or they might be some smaller little things that you can just you can just buy them and uh you can supplement those later but the main stuff you want to catch all the main stuff here so that you don't you don't have no downtime moving forward and so once you get all this stuff moving forward then it's the, it's the planning process so you're gonna you're, you're trying to now you got a vehicle that uh that has six thousand dollars in damage uh, now you got okay, okay. Let's let's get a game plan for this because we want to make sure that we can get it out at you know at the at the right amount of time that it that it takes that the hours that we allow. For example, like uh, every job is allowed so many so many days based on the hours. So you want to make sure that you can meet that, and also you you want to make sure that you're not having to you're not rushing for the insurance company. Once you get this, like so this this all process takes a couple of days so you got to make sure that you're working efficiently and you got to make sure that you're everything's flowing and I'll, and I'll show you how to how to I'll, I'll share with you in a little bit how to help create the flow but once you get the planning process done okay what technician is going to work on it uh where are we going to get the parts from how many part how many days should the parts be here uh do we should we do the suspension first and get get it mobile because a lot of times you don't want to order a bunch of parts and then you have you start to do the suspension. You want to make sure you get the suspension done first, get it mobile, and then you can order the, the, the body parts and make sure that they're the right parts. So let's go into the, the parts ordering process. So the, the parts ordering process is going to be very important too. The way we do it is so 
we'll order the parts in the office. Uh, whenever those parts come in, we'll check them off on a, on a check, a parts checklist. And then we have the check, the technician also double check to see if they match the parts that they are, they're going to replace. So it's like a double process of checking in. And that's that that goes over here to the parts check-in process. Uh, all, all so these are the, the main that these are the, the main core uh, titles. So you you can also have you can also have like other areas in this. For example, like parts ordering process, you're gonna have like you're gonna have sub processes in there. You're gonna have like steps. Okay. The same thing with this. What this this is just the main this is just the main framework. And then you can customize it and you can add different things to it as you as you feel needed. And a lot of times you can experiment with it. You can change stuff around and, and you can do a bunch of different things. Um, OK, so we got the parts check in process. So now we assign it to a technician. So the way we assign it to a technician is um, you're going to give him the assignment. You're going to you're going to make sure that he uh, checks the estimate, make sure that he checks the parts, make sure that he's good to go forward. And so that way. Uh, he knows he has this job in his pipeline. He knows that in a couple of days or in the, in the next week, he'll be able to start this job with no delays. And then once it goes into the, the repair process, um, that's when it's like, okay, the way we call it at our shop is like, we have different, different zones, right? Uh, cars that, that vehicles that are going to, that are going to go out within the, the week. Uh, we call those red zones, right? Uh, I got that. I got that term from Coach Bert. Right, he calls cu some customers red zone customers, but we call vehicles red zones. And basically, the, the red zone vehicles are are vehicles that you're gonna have to check on, you know, frequently throughout the week, and you're gonna have to make sure. Hey, do we have any delays? Is everything running smoothly? Uh, and kind of to keep going, moving forward, and and it's gonna be small things, right? On on the on the red zone vehicles. We have we have uh, we have red zone and we have hit list right. Coach Coach Bird uses that from the his selling system, but I use it for our vehicles. So we have vehicles that are in the red zone, and then we have vehicles that are on the hit list. So vehicles that are on the hit list are going to be ones coming up the pipeline. Red zone are going to be the ones in the pipeline getting getting worked on. And so the red zone vehicles, uh, you just got to check on them frequently. Hey hey, ask the technician. Hey, is everything good? How's everything looking? Whenever you fit that bumper, make sure the color's right. Make sure if we have to stop something, we can address it pretty quick so that we're not um, rushing at the end. So once it goes through the repair process, you know, from the body man to, to the painter, from the painter to back to the, the technician, to the detailer, then it's a final inspection. So this is very important too, because it, the final inspection, you review the estimate, you have a, 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 a final, product checklist also that that you need to do and just to make sure everything's good on there because the last thing you want is you don't want to wait to the last minute to try to fix something that could have been caught early on you know and uh so after after it gets after it goes through that after it goes to that that final checklist uh the estimator or the the foreman will sign off agreeing hey this car looks good it's ready to go we did the test drive, we checked for lights, we did all this, you know, checked everything, right? Um, then it's the file closing process. So the following closing process is basically like another, it's just, this is a category, but it also has subcategories within this. And so that's a different process within the office where, you know, we, we close out the file, 
We make sure everything is, so right here is when you're gonna catch your additional supplements. Whenever you're closing this file out, basically what, as you're going through the, the all these steps, you're, you're building a file, right? And so when you have this file here, you're gonna go back and you're gonna say, okay, well, you know, on this bumper, uh, the price they the price that the estimate had was less than what we got it for. So we're gonna we're gonna need a, a price correction, or you might have some some cores that need to be returned. Uh, you might have some returns, some parts returns that that were the wrong ones, uh, some electrical stuff, or there's a lot of different things you might you want to address here. Uh, a lot of times, what what the insurance will do is they'll say, well, uh, let's say for example you send the vehicle over to get an alignment and it turns out that it needs to, it needs to strut, right? And it's already at the alignment shot. So you say, you know what, go ahead and get the strut over there. Let's get, let's get it fixed. So now you have an invoice here from a strut that you, that you uh, replaced. And so the insurance is going to need to take a copy uh, of the invoice and they're going to need to see the old part. So you can, sometimes they'll, they'll do it through photos. Sometimes they'll come out and look at it. So either way, you got to have that stuff ready so that uh, everything's good at your, at your closing. The follow-up process, you want to make sure that you're following up with your customers after a couple of days after, maybe a, a week or two after, just to see how things went. Uh, make sure everything's flowing good. If there's anything else that you can do for them, just follow up with them and see how, see how they're going. Uh, during this whole process, I mean, depending on the size of the damage, you, you can start to build uh, some pretty cool relationships with these customers, clients. Um, the difference between customers and clients is real quick. Like some customers... Uh, they're looking for the best deal. They just want, they don't, they don't care. They just want their car fixed. They have so much going on. There's some, there's some clients that, you know, that you, you build relationships with because they, they, they trust in you and they know that you're going to take care of them. And they're looking to make sure that they can have that vehicle for years to come. Some people are like, man, I just need to fix it so I can just sell this car. Or, you know, it's my, it's my kid's car. They banged it up. I just want to fix it, you know, just in and out, whatever you can do, you know? And, some are our customers, some are clients. I like to, we like to focus more on client base uh, versus just customers. Uh, this was, that's just our industry. But if you have any questions on this, you can definitely send me a, a message or we can get together and I can, I can go over more of this with you. I'm going to go into the second part of this. That's going to be uh, the morning huddle. So the morning huddle, the morning huddle is, let me see if I can do this. The morning huddle The morning huddle it, 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 it'll transform your business. like if um, it'll definitely transform your business. Let me move this out of the way. The, the morning huddle will definitely transform your business. And basically what, what we use the morning huddle is, it, as is, um, it's kind of like the situation room, right? At the White House, like we, we use our morning huddle as, as that, like we use it to, to, to ask those probing questions. And so there's a difference, right? So uh, whenever you're in a situation, like whenever you're having a huddle, uh, you need to ask, the, the probing questions. And what I mean by that is um, a probing question. Uh, so there's different times and place to ask probing questions, right? 
when, when everybody's on the same level, as far as like understanding, Hey, you know what, we got a job to be done here. And so it's not, it's no time to, to be in your feelings. And it's, there's no time for you to, to get, you know, you know, butthurt on something that, that people ask you or the way they say it, we're trying to get to, we're trying to just get to the, the solution. And we're trying to find out what the answer is to, to a particular question. And so probing questions are going to be like who, what, when, where, how, why, uh, all the, all those, all those questions. Why didn't the part get ordered? Who ordered the part? When did you order it? When is it going to get here? Uh, who's going to sign off on it? Who's going to check it in? Uh, and so you're just like really probing to get answers. And, and during a, a morning daily huddle, a morning huddle, or any kind of huddle, you want to make sure that everybody's clear on, on those. And that's how it's going to go down. That's how this meeting is going to go down. And the reason why I need to go down by that is because we don't have all day to, uh, to be worrying about anybody's feelings. If they're going to get hurt because you're asking them why, why, when, who, all these questions, right? So the morning huddle is, is very important to, to get those, those questions out there, to figure out who's doing what, to figure out whose job is, is it, it is. Because look, if it's not assigned to anybody, uh, it's not going to get done. For example, like we've all been in like a, a meeting where they're like, we have some ideas. Like, does anybody have any ideas on how we can uh, market, right? And everybody says, yeah, you know, we should do Facebook ads. We should do Google AdWords. We should do radio commercials. We should do, you know, Yelp. We should do, you know, TV. We should do all this stuff, right? And and it's a lot of great ideas, but no one ever gets assigned to, to that project. So no one says, hey, you know what? Hey, John, I'm going to assign you to figure out the best strategy for our Facebook ads. And I want you, you and Tom are going to work on that. And I want y'all to come back next week with some, some strategies that we can, we can put into place to try to move forward and reach our goal to increasing traffic flow. Uh, John's going to be accountable. Tom's going to report back. Y'all going to work as a team. And uh, y'all going to work as a team. Y'all going gonna, gonna to work as a team to uh, really to really figure out what we got to do here. And so now, do you see the difference? We assigned it to, we assigned that, that, that project to someone. And so because it was assigned to someone, the, the chances of it getting done are gonna be a lot higher. A lot of times whenever we have these, uh, these meetings or we have these you know, masterminds or, or companies get together, everybody's sharing ideas, but no one is, is, is is designated to take on that project. And a lot of times, I mean, as a leader, uh, as a leader uh, of, of holding these morning huddles, you have to understand sometimes you have to, you have to kind of force people into uh, positions. And a lot of times if you, if, you, if you realize like someone has strong leadership characteristics, or someone has just a, a strong presence and you know that they'll make a good leader or you know that uh, they have people like listen to what they say or the people follow them. They, they might be someone that you can assign to that project or someone that has uh, a strong, strong uh, skills of being responsible. If you know that person is dependable, uh, you know that person is, is willing to help out, 
they might be they might be good to someone that you can put on this project so you always want to check that out right so that's why it's also important to to figure out what your team's strengths are because if someone's if, if someone doesn't have strong strengths in organization or um certain areas they might not be good for that project and and a lot of times people people want to help but they don't know how to help so you got to kind of you know designate projects to them and 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 just kind of uh build a team man build a team because a lot of times they 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 look for the leader to kind of do everything but the leader can't do everything he needs to delegate some of those projects out morning huddles going to be very important and and you can so you can have a morning huddle depending on 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 your industry right or depending on your organization uh you can have a morning huddle and then you can have a a, a midday huddle if that's necessary if you like on when on us whenever things get really really like busy we might have two huddles like one in the morning and one in the afternoon to say okay you know what this morning this is what we discussed this is what the the, the strategy was but uh these these things have changed so we're going to shift up the the strategy a little bit we're going to we're going to pivot because these new this new information came in and so we're going to have to change up a little bit so the morning huddle is going to be very important if you can get that going for your team uh, the morning also the morning the morning huddle should always be uh, it should always be consistent as far as like uh, the time and you want to you want to make sure that everybody shows up on time and everybody's consistent because if it's not then they, they might they might kind of like lose respect for for the the purpose of that and and a lot of times I mean, if someone misses our meeting, we'll just keep going. Like we just keep going. We start at the same time, we keep going. If they come in late, then they, they just miss out. And and you can't you can't stop and babysit everybody. You got to kind of keep keep everybody that's going forward. Uh, everybody that wants to go forward, keep them going forward. So the next one here is going to be uh, KPIs. If you're not familiar with with KPIs, uh, key performance indicators, this is going to be very important for your business. Like. One thing that that I know, like whenever I get to the office, uh, I can I can look at our our we have a we have like a big board in our situation room. We have a big board, and I can I just by looking at it really quick, I can tell uh, if they've had the meeting yet or what what's changed just by a certain just by a certain number. I, I can look at I can take a quick glance at it and I'll know what's going on. Or I can look to see how many how many. Uh, what's our, our what's in the pipeline right here what's in the red zone and i and i know i'll look at it and i'll say all right you know what this, this vehicle or these these cars have been in this red zone too long something's going on here and so it, it kind of it's, it's something i can go to quickly and it lets me know where we're at and this is going to be for your production and it's also going to be for your um your profit and loss like you want to make sure that you're you have some indicators of what's going on with your business and it's very similar, like a business is very similar to, to a, a vehicle, right? Uh, the vehicle has a dashboard. The dashboard has, you know, the, the speedometer, has the fuel, has the battery, the main things, the main things that are going to keep you going, right? And the same thing with the business, like, and, and, and the, the KPI is going to be mainly for, for, um, you can use it for your technicians or you can use it for your employees, 
but you, but most important, it's also it's very good for the top leaders because the top leaders uh, are dealing with bigger projects and they're 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 looking to like move the business forward. And so a lot of times they don't need to go deep into like every vehicle or every customer to see what's going on. Uh, they just need to know some some numbers here, right? And for example, like let's just say for, let's just use for example like these numbers right here. Let's just say this is the customer satisfaction rate, right? And on average, you have you know eighty to seventy percent. I mean, I don't think you're always going to get one hundred percent, but maybe you, maybe you do, right? Uh, let me move this out. But it's left our groceries on the front door. Okay, so let's just say, for example, this is your customer um, satisfaction rate, right? And and you can look at it and you can say, okay, you know what? Like, what's going on right here? Like. This is something, these are kind of low. I want to see what's going on. So you might want to call these customers to say, hey, can you tell me about your experience? And so this is going to be indicators. And so without these, you won't really know what's going on with, with your business. So a lot of times, a lot of times, um, if you don't have this dashboard, what will happen is like you won't, you won't start to make improvements until all these are, are negative. So let's just say, for example, you see this. I'm going to address these. I'm going to call these, these these clients and figure out what's going on. Hey, uh, I come to deal with you and figure out what was going on. I know that uh, there was some some issues with with the the work we did, or there was some issues with the service that my guy did. Um, there was a there was an issue about the appointment that we made. Can you tell me more about that? Can you help me understand uh, how we how we can improve and, and if there's anything we can make better and you really you're really, at this point you're not probing you're listening you're listening to what they kind of say because they're not going to tell you straight up so you want to kind of say well you know what was my guy rude uh, you know did he did, did he come across uh disrespectful uh was he not presentable and you so you kind of want to throw these things out there because a lot of times people don't people and clients won't really tell you what they're they're um their uh objective is uh so you got to kind of throw things out there and you got to kind of listen right and and you listen and and you kind of can get feedback on how to improve improve that the next uh guy you send out there it's going to be very important so you can you can have this with with any 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 business anything you so for example like you can have this with your health right so like i use my fitbit and I kind of like I have a dashboard for for my my health. I have a dashboard for my heart rate. I have a dashboard for the calories. I have a dashboard for you know peak uh, cardio minutes. So I, I use that dashboard to see. Okay, you know what? Uh, this is what's going on. So dashboards are going to be very important. Uh, culture uh, is another thing too that's very important. And I think I don't have much time here, guys, but. Uh, one of the most important things with this is, is I, I would say the most important question here to ask your team is what don't we do? Like, what are the things that we absolutely don't do? And so I think by getting this clear, uh, it, it kind of frees up a lot of worry because a lot of companies, they focus on, on what, you know, what we do what we do do, what we do do, uh, what do we do? 
how do we do it, right? They, they, they always stressing, okay, this is what we do. This is how we do it. And, and they stress on that. But they, they rarely say, you know what? These are the things that we absolutely do not do. These are not acceptable. Uh, these, these things are not acceptable, right? You're not going to show up uh, uh, smelling like we. You're not going to show up like uh, unprofessional. You're not going to show up like without brushing your teeth. Like you want to make sure that you're saying these are the things that we do not do, like no matter what. And a lot of times if you get those clear, you know, you kind of you kind of can build that culture pretty quick. I would say out of these, what don't we do and uh, and shared core values. Uh, those two are going to probably be most important because if ever, everybody shares the same values uh, and, and and they know what what's not acceptable, then you can start to build a pretty strong culture. And uh, also beliefs, the belief system, right? If, if if people have the same beliefs, I mean, look like yesterday I was looking at some, so I was doing some research on on culture, right? And think about this, right? Uh, like look at like different cultures. If you look at the photos of different, like just search, if you get a chance to search up culture, right? And, and look at the images, and and look at like some of the the different cultures how they how they they're so tight. They're so tight and it's hard to get into to that culture if you're if you're not in that, for example, like Indian, right? Like if you, they say you go to an Indian tribe, uh, Indian reservation, right? That, that's a culture. And basically it's just saying, okay, this is the things that we don't do. Uh, this is what we believe in. These are our core values. And so once you can kind of get that kind of concrete, solid, you know, information and transparent uh you know you have a you pretty much have a strong little organization you you have a strong organization where everybody understands what what the job it, to be done is what's not acceptable and, and what what y'all believe in you know and and what will happen is you'll start to to strengthen that and you start to unify your your, your people and and when an outsider comes in that has different beliefs, uh, they, they'll they'll leave, you know they'll, they'll just they'll just leave, and so that's just pretty cool about culture. But like I said, these things they they it's 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 really the framework for a lot of different industries. Like it's really the the the, the, the strong stream uh, uh, front uh, the, <laughs> the strong framework for a lot of different companies. See what we have here. So that that that's it, guys. That that's pretty much the the foundation of it. Uh, that's pretty much the solid. That's the meat right there. That's that's the good stuff right there. Uh, of, of of forming the process and the systems. Uh, you know, you're not going to be able to 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 form everything overnight. Uh, it takes it takes you know work. And it takes, you know, let me try this. Let me try that. Let, let, let's, let's, you know, change this. So the best thing to do is, is to start with the framework, right? Start with the framework and just start to tweak it. Don't, don't try to, you know, change it and change it and change it. Just try to tweak it and improve it and just experiment with it and see what works and, uh, and get, and get, get some feedback and, um, you know, and the more the more you talk about it, the more you you work it, 
the the better it'll kind of start to come come into play. And um, and that's it, guys. I mean, if y'all have any questions, please leave them in the comments. I'm gonna post this. I'm gonna post this video on YouTube as as the second part of uh, how to start a repair shop because I think this 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 part is very important because see, uh, as technicians. Like we know the repair part, like we know the technical side of it. We know the, the technical side of it. And a lot of times whenever we go into business, we're, we're actually just kind of like one of the gears within that business, right? So as, as an owner, as a manager, whenever you, you progress to those levels, what you, you almost have to do is you almost have to step away from the business and you almost have to look down a bit almost as like a machine. Let's say, for example, like a computer, right? You take the side of the computer off and you can kind of see everything that's working and you kind of can see how everything uh, helps the other part function, right? And so you almost have to do that with your business. And that's basically what, what this is right here. This is kind of like the inside of the, of the, of the operation. So this is, this is looking at the, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the machine. So remember, like, as a technician, we start right here. Like we start in the repair process. So we go into business for ourselves and we start right here. Okay. But you need us, you need to, you need to take a step back and you need to look at the, look at everything and say, you know what? I don't really have this. I don't really have this. I don't really have this. So I need to start to, to build these puzzles. I need to start to build these puzzles in place. And so one thing that I would suggest if you're a first-time shop owner, if you're looking to go into business, you want to you have the take the technical side down. Now you want, to, you want to start with the authorization side of it. So these are going to be the, the, the top two most important because you're going to do the work. You know how to do the work. You just got to make sure you're going to get paid for it. So these two uh, will, will, will work out great to start off. And then you can start to build these other ones in. When, 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 Sam, Walton, when Sam Walton started Walmart, uh, he knew how to sell the product. He knew how to get it into stores. All right. Uh, and so what he did was he made sure that he got he was going to get paid for, from his vendors or from from whoever he was doing business with. And then he knew how to do the work, but he had none of this stuff figured out. If you if you go back and, and you study Sam Walton and, and the way they they form Walmart, they had a warehouse full of products and they didn't know how to get it out. They, they, they didn't know what the hell they were going to do They him and his buddy were would stay up for days. Uh, packing the, the trucks uh, to, to be shipped out themselves. And, and everybody thought they had this, this crazy organized system going on, but it was him and his friend that was there for days uh, having to load up all those trucks by themselves because they had all this product coming in and they needed to get that product out to their stores and they didn't have a system. And, and a lot of times they got it wrong because uh, they didn't have any process of knowing what stores needed what. They were just like, they were just so overwhelmed uh, but they knew they were going to get paid and they knew they knew how to do the work. And they knew that if they get these two right, that, that they can work on these slowly and they start to build them. And that's what they did. They started to building, they started to build all this stuff and they experimented and they innovated and they took risk and, and, and it paid off for them. So, Hey guys, if, if you're starting as a technician or if you know the technical side of it, you know, it, it takes time. And if you commit to it, like you can, you can build up your system. You can build up your machine. And so what's good about this machine is it, this machine is you can duplicate it. See that? 
So now if you, you can, you can put this system into a different shop and you can say, okay, let's start, let's start working the system. Let's start working the system. Let's, let's reboot. And we're going to, we're going to change out the hard drive and we're going to put this new hard drive in there and we're going to reboot it. And we're going to, we're going to start flowing with it. So that's it guys. That's what a, a real quick. That's what a franchise is a franchise. This is a franchise. So a franchise says, okay, let's create a system, how to make the best burgers or make a burger and how to get it to people fast. McDonald's, right? It's not the best burger, but they have a, they have a system and they have a flow. And because they have that, that system, they have that process, they're able to duplicate that. And they're also able to sell that. They're all, they're able to license this threat, franchise it. So what they do, they, people pay them because people want, want a system. They want a system to make money. So, Hey guys, uh, I hope this vehicle was help vehicle. This, this, uh, this video was helpful. Uh, if there's anything that y'all need, please reach out. Let me see if I can get this. Please reach out to me. Uh, make sure y'all like and subscribe our, our YouTube channel. Man, if you if you know any other people in business are looking to grow uh, their their knowledge. If you're looking to, uh, if you know someone looking to grow their uh, their knowledge, please uh, link them up with our channel. Also, too, man, don't forget about August thirtieth uh, in San Antonio. It's a it's a free mastermind event, uh, mastermind workshop. So, uh, if you're in the business of, if you're in any kind of business, it's going to be very beneficial because we're going to share a lot of stuff, and you have an opportunity of of meeting Coach Burt, uh, Super Coach, and uh, something about coach Burt, man, if you never, if you've never met him, like he's, he's, a he's, he's pretty much a, a master in what he does. And, um, uh, he's, uh, he coaches some of the best, best people. You wouldn't even, some of the people that he coaches, you wouldn't believe he coaches them, uh, because those other guys, um, uh, they just basically copy, copy what he does. And, uh, so you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be, uh, uh, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy the fact that you're gonna get to meet th this guy and and just be around his presence because you know as he progresses like he's he's getting harder and harder to to kind of be around and, and associate with because he's so busy but take the time make sure that you go prepared make sure you have the questions make sure that uh, you take advantage of the opportunity all right guys so next time massive action.